Welcome to Orphans No More, a media extension of Justice for Orphans, a ministry dedicated to rally the church for the cause of the fatherless, inspiring, educating, and equipping believers to care for vulnerable children, and supporting those who have heard and heeded the call of James 127. Here's your host, Sandra Flack. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I gave an account of my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Cause me to understand the way of your precepts, that I may meditate on your wonderful deeds. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me and teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have broadened my understanding. That is Psalm 119, verses 25 through 32. Welcome to Orphans No More, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children in crisis through adoption, foster care, and kinship care. I am your host, Sandra Flack. I don't know about you, but I needed those verses from Psalm 119 today. I am titling today's episode, Adoption Journey, Grief in the Passenger Seat. Can you relate? But first, before I jump into that, I'd like to share a little bit from an email I received from a listener. I love getting emails and feedback from you. So I just wanted to share a little bit of what Margaret wrote. Um, She writes, thank you for sharing your story on the Trials and Triumphs podcast episode. I listened and then asked my husband to listen. He said, that's our son. We both were nodding our heads and saying yes all through the podcast. Thanks for being real and not sugarcoating lived experiences in this journey with FASD. It is hard, but God is faithful. So I agree, Margaret, it is hard and God is faithful. So thank you um, for taking the time to send me that email. Like I mentioned, I love hearing from listeners. It's really an encouragement for me to hear from you. Uh, We're in this together and sometimes on this side of the microphone, uh, I always pray before I begin to record and ask the Lord to just um, give me the words and that this podcast would glorify him and encourage you. Uh, So I know we all need that encouragement. It's a lonely road. We need each other. So if you have a comment or a question or just a suggestion, just drop me a line, please uh, reach out. You can email me directly. My email address is sandraflackjfo at gmail.com. You can also reach me through our ministry website, justicefororphansny.org. Now stay tuned to the end of this episode because I have a special announcement of a new resource we're offering. Um, But I really just had it on my heart today to share something um, we are all experiencing or we will experience it most likely at some point in this parenting journey. And that is grief, loss, sorrow. Um, There was a time I didn't think I needed self-care 
and never thought I'd experience grief or sorrow on this journey. And I'm not talking about the death of a loved one, but the little by little disappearance of a life we thought we'd live. Our expectations of family and future seem to evaporate like the morning dew on a hot July day. Um, And we don't realize it until we're feeling dry, empty, burned. Um, It crept in on me recently and I really didn't know what it was. Like I'd never stopped and really thought about what am I feeling and why am I feeling this and um, just didn't really connect the dots until I had been listening to some of my other um, favorite FASD podcasts. And this topic of grief and loss um, is mentioned often. And I started realizing, could that be what this is? Um, because that, that's a spot I found myself in and finally was able to identify just sorrow and about the loss of what maybe life could be like or would have been like. Um, I'd been seeing some Facebook posts by a childhood friend. Uh, We went to school together, but really haven't seen each other in person in over 30 years. Um, But we're Facebook friends. So I noticed when uh, she and her husband, they are empty nesters. They recently moved from New York to Texas. They bought a house and they're on quite an adventure, decorating a new home, hiking, going out to dinner. She's posting pictures of these beautiful sunsets and just all of these fun activities with just the two of them. No kids, no trauma or FASD to define their days. And for the first time, I found myself imagining what that freedom, not to mention peace and quiet, but what that freedom must be like. The freedom to just go and do without having to navigate every minute in the day in the life of teens with a neurobehavioral disorder. So I confess I was feeling a bit envious Okay, very envious. And imagining what it would be like if my husband and I could just go do whatever we felt like doing together in this season of our lives. In fact, this this um, episode is airing in April. And in April, my husband and I celebrate 35 years of marriage. But here we are. And our peers are off doing empty nester stuff. And we're on this journey in the trenches, right? So, and I'm not even sure if there's a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and at least at least when you're raising neurotypical kids, there's usually a light at the end of the tunnel, right? They they grow up, they they go off to college usually, they get married, they're on their own. Our youngest biological daughter is um, 25. She's just graduating uh, next month with her master's and she's been out on her own um, for, for a number of years now. So, had we not adopted, and please hear me, I'm going to explain this. I'm going to reiterate this at the end of this podcast, but I have no regrets, zero regrets. I'm doing exactly, my husband and I, we are doing exactly what God has called us to do, and we have no regrets. But sometimes, you know, you find yourself in that place where you think, oh, this might have been different. And and just for five minutes, that empty nester thing sounds like it maybe would really be you know, enjoyable. So, and and really this came on the heels of, I'd been seeing my friends' Facebook posts and then 
we were planning to spend a weekend up at our camp in the Adirondacks. I live in upstate New York in the Albany area. Um, so the Adirondacks are, you know, almost in our backyard. And my husband, Wayne, our two teen boys and I, we were going to go spend the weekend up in the Adirondacks. At least that's what my husband and I were thinking, right? The Adirondacks are my husband's happy place. He's an outdoorsy guy, snowmobiling and ice fishing in the winter. I mean, in the wintertime, I stay inside by the fire and I read and write and podcast and do things that I like to do. But um, in the summertime, we all enjoy the hiking and the kayaking and fishing and all of that fun stuff. Our camp is a three-hour drive from home to a slower pace peaceful place of refuge for our family. And I shared in the recent Trials and Triumphs episode that I alluded to earlier, um, in that episode, I talk about how our son Slava, he's 16, he thrives up at camp. Um, But our 18-year-old son, Jordan, does not like it at all. He is very social, even with an FASD. He likes to be out and about. He can drive and he prefers the freedom of hopping in his little truck and going to work every day or going on um, you know, emergency calls with the local fire department. We are very proud of him. He joined the local fire department as a volunteer firefighter. He's not able to run into buildings at this point, but he does go to all of the calls and he directs traffic and does whatever they tell him to do and he loves it. And he's found himself a little community and we're really proud of him for that. Um, and I understand his preference. He he feels more like an adult when he can get up in the morning, hop in his truck and go to work, right? When he goes to camp, he rides up in the truck with my husband and Slava rides up in my car with me because we usually have a bunch of different things we're bringing or whatever, um, or sometimes we leave at different times. So he really doesn't have that freedom at camp to just hop in his vehicle and go. When it's a little too far, he doesn't feel quite comfortable to drive three hours in his vehicle. I'm sure he'll get there at some point and be able to do that. But he doesn't really like sitting up at the camp or kind of in a secluded woodsy area. Now there are things to do. I did mention the hiking, the fishing, you know, all of those kinds of things that he could be doing. Uh, He doesn't like doing any of those things. Unless, you know, a bunch of his older siblings come up and join us, you know, then he's interested in doing those things because then it's more like a party. But to sit with mom and dad and his younger brother, who he doesn't really interact well with, he doesn't like it. And then he kind of makes it less fun for the rest of us. So, you know, I get that he would rather stay home. But my husband is 58. He's been running the family industrial construction company for 40 years. Long, hard hours in the field, managing workers, bidding on jobs, digging in ditches, pouring concrete, running heavy equipment. My husband is a very hands-on guy. He's in there. He's in the ditch. He's getting dirty. He's done it for 40 years. And honestly, he's feeling pretty done. And now we have adult kids taking the reins so that Wayne can be a little more hands-off and enjoy a little bit of that freedom and flexibility that he's sort of earned, right, to head to the Adirondacks whenever we want, or so we thought. Our, you know, dear 18-year-old recently, when we were planning to go to camp for the weekend, he had been making plans of his own for the same weekend. 
Uh, and I, you know, I was making our plans in my head um, and, and realize now that I really didn't put it out there to him. Um, but when he made plans, it really interfered with our plans. We've done a few trial runs with him staying home while we've gone up to camp. We have a plan in place, um, including him sleeping over at his brother's house so he wasn't home alone, checking in with us every day, kind of a list of this is where you can go and what you can do and, and this is you know what you can't do. And the first couple times that we gave it a try on a weekend, he didn't really stick to the plan. He didn't get into serious trouble. But just, you know, not sticking to the plan, doing things or going places we didn't really want him to be doing when we weren't home, it just made it difficult and we felt frustrated and how can you parent a kid with FASD from three hours away? It's like, it's hard to do. So we did, however, a couple of months ago, we wanted to go up to camp for a whole week, uh, that week in February that most of the schools are closed. We wanted to take that week. But we knew our son would be happier at home so he could actually go to work Monday through Friday and go to his weekly firehouse meeting. Um, So I set up this whole schedule so that each night he would have dinner with a different sibling, a different adult sibling, whether he went out with them or they came to our house and ate with him, whatever they decided to do. Um, We gave strict instructions about no one being allowed at our house other than a sibling Um, and he was to go nowhere other than the pre-approved locations that we all agreed upon. And our biggest concern, honestly, is him spending too much time with a certain friend. Now, he really only has one friend um, at, outside of the firehouse and um, a boy similar in age, a little older, displays some dismaturity also, and maybe some other signs of a neurobehavioral impairment. I don't really know. Um, But between the two of them, when they are together, like my fellow adoptive podcasting mama, Robbie Seal often says, any idea is a good idea. So neither one of them have very much impulse control. So putting the two of them together, my son often ends up you know, in places we don't want him to be doing things we don't want him to be doing. So the rule was that week that he was to not spend any time with this other boy. Don't even tell him that your parents are away and you're going to be home. No time with him at all. And we, we said, you will end up in trouble if you're doing something with him. And if you want to be able to not have to go to camp with us every time we go, follow these rules and then you know, you'll be able to stay home the next time. So he actually did stick to the plan. As far as we can tell, he did what he was supposed to do. And we considered it a big win, a success. But then last weekend, when we were planning to go away, I hadn't really informed him early enough. And he'd already made plans with said friend, good plans, Um, together they like to pick up people's scrap metal and then they turn it in for cash. My son has a little pickup truck. Um, they have a little trailer, so they'll go around and pick up scrap metal and stuff and they bring it to the poor and they, it gets scrapped and they get a little money for it. So I'm proud of my son because he's showing initiative and he's got this, you know, little kind of side hustle going on. So a neighbor needing her yard cleaned up, cleaned up. Um, offered them her scrap metal if they would come and clean up her yard and take it all. 
So they had already laid out a plan um, and they were going to bring home a trailer from work. My son was going to on Friday night, drop it off at the neighbor's house, go to the firehouse because there was something special going on there. And then Saturday morning, they were going to go to the neighbor's house, load up all of the scrap out of the lady's yard and take it to the scrap metal dealer. So that was their plan. It was already in place. They had already figured it all out. And if you're familiar with FASD at all, you know how hard, or might I say impossible it is to get our kids to change or transition, right? They can't just switch plans and switch gears. I knew my son's plan was firmly set in his brain. The train was already chugging down the tracks and there was no way I was gonna get it to turn back around. So we canceled our plans to go to camp. And we were disappointed to say the least. And it took most of Saturday kind of to, we were kind of my husband and I in this funk, you know, we were doing chores and doing some things and we just kind of were bummed out, you know, and we, I finally was able to identify this is sorrow over not being able to do something that we wanted to do as adult parents who one might say we earned a well-deserved rest. So we made it through and ended the weekend on a, on a, po- a more positive note. You know, we, we processed it through, came to grips with it. Um, and then on Sunday night, Wayne and I snuck out for um, a dinner date, just the two of us at our, our favorite local restaurant. So we ended the weekend on a good note. But it was a struggle to come to terms with that. How about you? How do you feel when these situations happen? I would love to hear from you because, folks, I don't claim to have all of the answers. I'm not, you know, an expert. I'm just a parent on this journey like you are. I've got lots of years of experience under my belt, but it's every day is a different day. And what worked yesterday doesn't always work today. Um, And it's a journey. And I'm on the journey right along with you. Um, And it's an ever evolving journey, right? So let me know how you handle these things because I I could use a little advice in this area and a little encouragement myself. Um, because, you know, another one of the other biggest challenges I face these days is going anywhere alone. Not so much because I want to be alone, which I admit is mighty nice when that does happen. But to go to a doctor appointment for myself or go to a meeting for Justice for Orphans or our Care Portal Ministry. We have lots of things going on. It's super busy. And since I'm homeschooling our youngest, he's home all day with me. And, you know, I try to get our homeschooling in the morning. I usually get up way earlier than him so I could have my quiet time with the Lord. And then I try to do whatever emails and whatever things I can squeeze in before he actually wakes up. And then we've got to get to doing school. And then when we're done with school, I spend the rest of the day focusing on all of the ministry things that we have going on. But I really can't leave him alone for any length of time. So if I'm going to go to a doctor's appointment or if I have a meeting, you know, I have to figure something out. And thankfully these days, since Wayne has more flexibility at work, he often comes home early um, to either stay home with Slava or he takes him to work with him or takes him out and they run errands or do something. So Slava's not home alone because 
not only do we not like to keep him home for long periods of time, of course, by himself, but the only thing he would do is stay in his room and be on a device. And I have that mama guilt because I don't want him just logging in. And we've been starting to track with him his hours of screen time so he can see. And we've set some goals on really what that should be. And if he's creeping up on that, then we try to um, plan some things to do or use those activity cards I mentioned. I'll talk about that again shortly. Um, But it's a struggle. It has been a struggle um, just trying to homeschool in the morning, work in the afternoon. Uh, And I shared in my previous podcast episode, the the trials and triumph one, Slava needs a support person to guide him through activities, or he just stays in his room. That's like his default thing to do. And if I don't intentionally make him come out of there and do things with him, he'll just stay in there. Just before I recorded this podcast, I had him, the sun came out. It's a mild day for spring in upstate New York. Uh, and I said, take, go out with the Liberty, go on out with the puppy, throw the ball around. She loves to chase basketballs and tennis balls. It'll be fun. And he did, he went out and he stayed out approximately seven minutes. That was it. And then he was back in the house and back in his room. So, and it's because I didn't go out with him and, and kind of guide him along in, in staying out there. He was done after seven minutes. So, it's it's a constant challenge. So I really am looking and praying for a support person who can sort of guide him through that day, through the day. Uh, do you have the same kind of struggle? I'd love to know if you do. And if so, how do you navigate it? Because I think we need to hire a support person. Um, I have a lot of adult kids who live nearby. I have eight children all together. Um, most of them are nearby. and But they all have jobs and they all have families of their own. And I don't burden them or rely on them. In an emergency, they would come. In an emergency, they would they would help out. But I don't really have a support system in my own kids. In the early days of my adoptive parenting, when my parents were alive, my mom, uh, my mom and dad were always available for anything that I needed. Um, But I found myself in a season where I don't really have a support person at all to help. Um, And I would love to hire a mentor, uh, you know, a, a young man who would come and do some activities with Slava two or three afternoons per week. Um, he, he needs that other person in his life instead of just my husband and I all the time, but someone who will go out and play basketball with him or take him running or take him bowling or you know, do activities and fun things with him and, and be a mentor as well as a support person. And I am in a season where I really have nobody in my circle or extended circle who fits that role. So I'm going to start reaching out to some of the churches that I know and, and, and seeing if there are youth group leaders or people who are in that space who maybe are interested. Um, you know, I've, I could also reach out to some of our local colleges uh, where students are um, studying to become special education teachers or speech therapists or occupational therapists, music therapy, anything like that to, to see if there's anyone who would like a little part-time job. But um, I'm kind of just in the beginning stages of looking for that person. And I'm interested to know how other people are handling that. Do you have somebody who is part of your support team? Because I'm realizing that 
It's like my husband and I are it and we rely on one another and that and with that we don't get a break at all. So as I've been pondering this place of sorrow and I, I hope that I didn't just come across like whiny or anything, but um, I recognize this is sorrow. This is disappointment. This is loss, grief, you know, the loss of what might have been. And I needed to acknowledge that this is really what I was feeling. And I came to a few conclusions that I do want to leave you with because I suspect I'm not alone in this. Um, so I just have I just have four four points that I want to share with you. Um, first of all, like I said a little bit earlier, I have no regrets. This is the die to self life of an adoptive mom that I said yes to. And it might not look like everybody else's empty nest life, but I would not trade it for anything. I love my boys and I know it's hard, but I know it's worth it. And I'm grateful. And I am in that unique position where my kids were adopted. Four of my kids were adopted from Ukraine. So my youngest two kids that are home were born in Ukraine. And with current events, with what we're watching in the news going on over there with the war, I am so grateful that my kids are here because I just, it's horrendous and just mind boggling for me to think of what their lives would be like if they still lived in Ukraine with their disability, with their challenges and with the war that's raging. So I am grateful, you know, my, my bad day is worth, you know, them not having any kind of days like that. So I have no regrets. Number two, I really believe the only way to survive this cramped nest life that doesn't ever seem to get empty is to remain connected to the vine as Jesus instructs us in John 15, 5, where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Remain in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I opened with Psalm 119, those verses 25 through 32, because to remain in the vine also means to remain in his word. And as the scriptures pointed out, the precepts, decrees, laws, statutes, and commands that are all mentioned there. I start my day with the Lord in his word and in prayer. That is my survival strategy. It is the only way I have made it through the past 23 years of parenting children with trauma and FASD is being connected to the Lord and his word. I don't know any other way that it can be done. The third thing is gratitude. Many years ago, a friend gave me a copy of Ann Voskamp's 1000 Gifts book. And I was inspired to start a thankfulness journal of my own after having read that book. Um, and it's now, it's been years. I have dozens of little journals and notebooks that I have recorded the things that I am grateful for. And I do it every morning as part of my quiet time. I reflect on the things that I am grateful to God for from the previous day, or sometimes I do it in the evening. So I'll reflect on how the day is going. And it might be just things like, I got a hot cup of coffee, a hot shower, the sound of the first bird songs of spring. The other morning I woke up and it was still dark out and 
I heard birds tweeting and in upstate New York. That's like a huge milestone, right? That means there's hope. There's this the spring is coming. Um, warm sunshine coming through the window while I'm sitting in my chair. Um, completing all of our school subjects at least once during the week in one day, right? That's, you get the picture. Things that I find that I am thankful for. And I write them down in the journal and I number them. And then I start over with one when I fill up one whole journal and I have a whole bunch of them. And my kids will probably throw them out when uh, I go on to be with the Lord, you know, but, or maybe they'll read them through and be inspired. I don't know. But I find this tool of a gratefulness journal to be helpful in keeping me grounded and humbled and reminded that God is at work in my life, even when things are not going my way. I can still be thankful. And I find that to be key to navigating this life with our kids. And finally, Actually, let me go back and say one other thing that just popped into my mind. Many years ago, I had someone say to me, oh, you should write down all of the things that the enemy has stolen from you, like all of the bad things that the enemy is doing in your life. And I said, mm, nope, no way. Because my pastor has had told, told us in a message once that we empower what we think on, what we what our thoughts are. We empower those things that we think about. I'm not going to think about and meditate on what I think that the enemy is doing in my life. I'm not going to give him that real estate in my head or my heart. I want to focus on what God has done in my life. And I can every day, even on the worst days, find something. And I usually, once I start writing, I always write at least three or four things down. There's never just one thing I'm thankful for. I can always find something, even if it is, I got a hot shower today, whatever it is. We empower what we think on. So let's think on the things that the Lord has done for us. Okay, so the fourth one, finally, uh, is this, to be content with plan B. We didn't get to go to camp for the weekend like we had wanted to, and it's been over a month since we've been up to our camp, so we were anxious to go. But we did get to see our grandkids on Saturday. Since we didn't go to camp and we were home, we, we got to see our grandkids. That was impromptu, wasn't planned, so that's always a joy. They even did a sleepover, also impromptu always a joy. And then Sunday evening, my husband and I went out alone on a dinner date, just the two of us. So I don't know, you can call it make lemonade when you get lemons or whatever that saying is. But there's always, um, you know, a plan B, be content with plan B, because that's that's good enough. Sometimes we have to be content with that. So I have no regrets. We have to remain in the Lord, remain in his word, focus on gratitude, the things we're thankful for, and come up with a plan B that's good enough that we'll do for now, because eventually I know we will get up to our camp with the two kids or with one kid or however it works out. I've just learned the lesson that I need to plan way ahead before my son makes any plans. So I, I hope you found some encouragement in my ramblings today. If you did, please let me know uh, if you were encouraged or if you have a question uh, or any suggestions, I'd love to hear from you. Um, how do you navigate this? How do you navigate grief and disappointment? Um, email me, Sandra Flack, JFO at gmail.com or reach out via our website, justicefororphansny.org. Now, 
I am excited to let you know about an FASD 101 training. That's what I'm calling it for now. I might come up with a more creative name, but right now it's FASD 101. And it's a training that I'm offering. I can do it online or in person. Uh, I've created, it's a three hour training session. I'll, I'll probably get it down to where I can also do it in one hour for anybody who's not interested in spending three hours on this. But it's really designed for um, FASD parents and caregivers and even professionals. Um, and soon you'll be able to register for it online. We'd like to be able to have people sign up and and um, have me come and present at their organization, um, their support group, adoptive uh, or foster parent group um, for agencies, like I said, organizations, um, or even if just you listening and you're like, I really could use that. If you want to get a few other adoptive or foster parents together, um, you know, we could do one online or we can do it in person, depending on where you are. Just contact me by email or by our website for now to schedule one. Um, we're, we're actually in the process of updating our website and we're going to set it up so that way if you're interested in um, anything FASD or trauma training related, the resources that we have, when you go to that part of the website, you'll be able to access trainings um, and different things that we have to offer like that. So, but we're, but with the website's not set up for that yet. So right now, if you want to do something um, and you want to participate in an FASD 101, let me know because I would I would love to to connect with you on that. And I'm four classes into the facets training to become a facets trainer of the the facets neurobehavioral model. There's a way that we have to say it. So facets stands for fetal alcohol spectrum consultation, education, and training services. So I am taking their training to become a a facilitator of the facets neurobehavioral model. It's an excellent uh, training. And in uh, a year, uh, basically, I think it'll be February of 2023 is when I will be finished. And then we will be also offering facets neurobehavioral model training sessions, which can be one hour, three hour, um, six three hour sessions. There's a, a very several different versions that we can present depending on what uh, folks are looking for. Um, but I, I'm not able to actually teach the facets and use their materials until um, I complete the, the total course. But I have enough lived experience and knowledge to be able to put together a, an FASD 101. Um, so if you're interested in that, I hope you'll check it out. Whew. So that brings us almost to the end, guys. If you're with me this long, you know, thank you. Thank you. You're to be commended. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, of course, please subscribe. Um, that way it'll pop up in your um, on your phone or your device every week when a new episode drops. It'll automatically be there and you'll know. Um, so if you subscribe, that's helpful. Um, and also if you leave a review, that's super helpful. And let your fellow adoptive and fostering friends know about our podcast so they can listen to and be encouraged and equipped. 
You can check out my family's kinship and adoption journey uh, in my book, Orphans No More, A Journey Back to the Father. It's available wherever you buy books. You can order it on Amazon. If you do, I hope you leave a review. Uh, I just checked the other day. We're up to 60 reviews. Now my goal is 100 reviews. So 60 so far is really phenomenal for a first-time author. Um, So I thank you for that. If you you are one of those who read it and left a review, um, I'm grateful. If you'd like a signed copy, I'll sign it, stick a gift bookmark in there and mail it to you myself. For those, you have to order from my website, sandraflack.com. On my website also, I do a blog post um, semi-regularly, and um, you can also contact me for speaking opportunities if you'd like me to come and speak at any of your groups or events as well. And I'd like to give a shout out to our Care Portal County sponsors. Um, We cannot do what we do without them. They are Tri-Nuclear Corporation, Bishop Bowdery Construction, and National Bank of Cooksakie. These businesses care about children and families in crisis, and they support us so that we can do what we do. Don't forget to check out our website, justicefororphansny.org, where you'll find some of the resources that I've mentioned before about FASD. Um, And soon when it's updated fully, all of the trainings will be up there as well that you'll be able to access or sign up for. be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And you can find me, Sandra Flack, on Facebook as well as on Instagram. Um, I'm grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today. I am thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to Orphans No More, for sharing what you've heard and praying for vulnerable children everywhere. We hope you are inspired to walk out James 127 in whatever way God calls you. For more information, visit justicefororphansny.org.